Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. <laughs> okay, that was an extra long yule because we reached 10,000 subscribers here on YouTube. Now, it's been almost six years and this show, myself, wouldn't be what it is without each and every single one of you tuning in. So my deepest, most heartfelt gratitude. Today, we're going to do a response to an Ask Me Anything. You guys have sent in a bunch of questions. I'm really excited to see what you guys wanted to learn from me here today. Before I get into it, I need you to know that at the very end, there's a special little something, something for the first few people that tune in all the way through to the end of the episode. First question from Anonymous is how do you get such impressive guests on your show? At the moment, just to give you an idea of a snapshot of what it is now, I imagine you're probably asking from a place from someone that's potentially starting a podcast or considering starting a podcast. So I will go back from this moment in time all the way back to how we did it initially, just so you get value from the entire journey. At this particular moment in time, there's a beautiful soul as part of the Inspired Evolution team called Monique. I put together a pool of guests on monday.com, which is our project management tool. And consistently, I'll just keep updating guests as I read books, as I come across other podcasts, as I'm interviewing other people and recommendations come in. These days, even the audience are mailing in, hey, you should interview X, Y, and Z. All that data gets collected in a project management tool. So I put all those ideas in there. And then Monique's task is to then go away, find those emails, reach out to these people one by one, and actually start to try and book them onto the show. Now, how she does that is she jumps online. Generally, we try to triangulate our guests is the strategy. Um, and what I mean by triangulate is we try and hit them up in three different ways. So we'll either hit them up on social media, maybe we've found their WhatsApp number from somewhere, or maybe we've got their email. Um, we'll try and hit them from three different angles at the one time, if that makes sense. There's just a level of professionalism that comes when you're reaching out to someone one, two, three, across three different platforms. It seems like you are very interested in actually getting them on rather than just sending out an email. And so Monique goes to town on actually trying to figure out how to find people's emails. There are tools that help us like hunter.io. It will actually help you try and find emails of guests that you may be looking for. 
Oftentimes with these guests that have a certain social media platform already, um, there are gate people, media managers, PR reps that you have to go through in order to contact them. At that point, you have to justify why it is that you think they would make a great guest on your show. Early days, when we first started out, I have to admit the first year I was interviewing my friends. I was friends with a lot of people in my local community and I was just inspired by what they do. I did that for a good six months, I would say, and I was learning and learning and learning and learning. And ultimately, it was a really good strategy to get started that way because there was no intimidation of the guest on the other side of the camera, of the mic, because they were my friends, right? It was easy to have a chat with them. And eventually it started to grow. Once I started to grow a bit of an audience, opportunities arised where I went to see someone speak live or where I was engaged in an event and I could see someone else was there at that event. I was like, oh, that'd be an awesome person to podcast. I'd love to find out their story. But as soon as I had a podcast, now I had this impetus to reach out and be like, hey, I love what you shared on stage. Would you want to come on the podcast and have that conversation? Actually, when I first started, I found that really intimidating. I didn't have those conversations and I was I had to have a really hard look at myself and go, oh, there's like imposter syndrome stuff. There's a fear of showing up. There's fear of failure. And actually, I had to learn to conquer that early days, right? So it was all about coming out of my show and going along to these events, going along to engagements, meeting awesome people and being like, hey, I'd love to have you on the show. That also then eventually started to bleed into the courage to send out cold emails. And that's how we learned to triangulate. What did the content of the emails look like early days when you didn't have such a big social media profile slash standing? And at the moment, it's still got plenty to go in terms of growth. We still have lots of challenges. Um, case in point, we tried to get Wim Hof on the show and he said, we don't speak to an audience that has less than 100,000 subscribers. So I can't wait till we get there because <laughs> I really want to have a chat with Wim Hof. But that's the kind of response you get. So what did I do in order to connect to people early days? One of the earliest guests that I had on was Dr. John Martini, very gracious with his time, an awesome interview, absolutely love interviewing John. And I remember one of the things that I got really clear on is if I don't have a platform that is going to be attractive for them to come onto. What are the key reasons that I'm reaching out? And the key thing was we had an alignment of values. So I sent an email saying, hey, these are your values. These are my values. These are the values of our show. And I know that the show is currently in a growth phase, but it will grow one day to be something that, you know, will be of note. And in that, I'm aspiring to interview individuals such as yourself. And it would be an incredible blessing if someone like yourself would be would consider coming onto the show. It would be my greatest honor and privilege signed with love, Amrit. So there was an alignment of values that I spoke to. That was probably the first year, 18 months, I would say. Then the social media platform started to grow a little bit and I started to realize my USP, unique selling points, right? So the unique selling points of the podcast was actually most podcasts and most channels on YouTube are consumed by men, right? Whereas the Inspired Evolution has a massive female following, right? 70% of the audience that's tuning into this is actually female. And one of the other unique selling points is that we've got an Australian following. The unique selling point of females and Australia were the two things that I continue to start to lean into. And that was a great lesson for me going into business as well, learning what are your unique selling points in business. And then fast forward, you know, as we continue to do that, we started to get on more and more guests because they were attracted to the USP. And then eventually the platform has grown to the point where we are now. The growth is definitely touch wood compounding. So even by the time this episode's coming out, we're almost at 11,000 subscribers, even though I'm recording the 10,000 subscriber video. And that only happened like two weeks ago, but we had to field all your questions coming in. By the time we've gotten around to responding, it's already at 11k. Touchwood. So by the 
the end of the year, we're probably going to be doing a 20K video. So we've grown twice as much in five months, but then the first five years took us to get to 10,000 subscribers, if that makes sense. To summarize, how did you get such impressive guests on your show? When I was starting out, I aligned them to my values. Then as I got a little bit, as I got more traction, I started to lean into my unique selling points. And then the platform started to grow to a place where I could actually leave it into the metrics of the show and just say, hey, there's a platform here and it'd be really useful to connect you with our audience. Our audience would love you and you would love our audience. What advice would you give to someone wanting to build their audience successfully on YouTube? Okay, this is, uh, I could really go down the rabbit hole with this question, but the key thing is consistency. In a short, short, if I had to keep it very high level, the answer is consistency. For the last five and three quarter years, six years, I have every week released an episode on the Inspired Evolution podcast. Every single Monday, a podcast has come out. Right. And there have definitely been times where I felt like, where is this show even going? And there's been times where I've been like, oh my God, this show is like bigger than my, even my wildest dreams. And right now is also one of those moments at this unique point where we've gone like, oh my God, we've got 10,000 subscribers. It definitely feels like my hobby has gone pro, <laughs> right? <laughs> Touch wood. So yeah, the key thing for anybody starting out a YouTube channel, pick a cadence. Yeah. Find out what it is that you think feels comfortable for you. Is it monthly? Is it every two weeks that you wanna create something? Or is it every week? I picked a cadence of weekly and I just stuck to it. It was really helpful as well, mindset-wise, just a little piece of mindset. Once I made that decision, I didn't reevaluate that decision, right? It was just like, this is my decision, I'm gonna own it and run with it. It's gonna be tough, easy, whatever, that is my decision, made the decision once, go. So ultimately pick a cadence, stick to it, and then deliver on that cadence. Whether the content is good, whether the content is bad, stress not too much. It's you learning. It's creating something like what I created called the Inspired Evolution Touch, what it gave me enough grace to show up to continuously improve. One of the biggest things I think is in the way of people that I coach to create something is they want, they look at the people that are creating content that they want, that they're currently consuming, and they're like, oh my God, that's so polished, I wanna create something like that. And the, the hard reality is that's not gonna happen, right? Because you need to put in the time and effort that these guys have building their chops. And so you're going to be a complete mess when you start, but over time you will get more and more polished. And that is actually one of the biggest points that I would like to say for those people that are going on a journey, get attached to the process, not the outcome. The outcome is great, yeah? And this is a massive metaphor for life. The outcome is not the most important thing. What's the most important thing is the process. Even in the answer to question one, you realize some of the stuff that I had to overcome to start speaking to guests, to get them onto the show. Like I had to do the inner work, get over my fears, get over my all the stuff that was in the way for me from actually having conversations, right? So get attached to the process, put a process in place, show up every week and then be consistent. Consistency is the key. Okay, next question is, what does it mean to live a rich life? Okay, this is a great question. So the quote that I would respond back with is something that I actually got from the Gene Keys. Some of you know that I'm a Gene Keys certified guide slash coach. If it doesn't mean anything to you and you want to find out more about the Gene Keys, we've got episodes with Richard Rudd, the mystic from which the Gene Keys came through is probably the right way to put it. And we also interviewed Elijah Parker. There's also an episode with Tan Mayo coming on soon. Um, these are all people that are 
pretty much responsible for running the Gene Keys project out in the world. The is one of the sequences in the Gene Keys is all about prosperity. So when you say rich life, what resonates for me is prosperity. And what they say, what came through is a quote that Richard kept humming throughout the process of going through the prosperity sequence, which was spiro ergo prospirito, I think, or it's spiro ergo prospero, something like that. The translation is I breathe, therefore I prosper, right? I breathe, therefore I prosper. But fundamentally, when you want something, you know, when you're saying something about richness, Oftentimes people are cognit- like cognitively aware of what they don't have and what they're wanting. And every time you say, I want this, you, it's synonymous with saying, I lack this. And every time you feel like you lack something, you are left with this feeling of lack in your life, wanting, wanting, lacking, lacking. But when you come back to, I breathe, therefore I prosper, you start to realize the gifts that you really have in your life. And so it's like, wow, I breathe, like I have breath, I'm actually alive. It brings you back to square one, right? Every morning, touch wood, if you can, one of my biggest pieces of advice is wake up to gratitude. Just thank whoever it is that you believe in, whatever it is, the universe, God, creation, creator, that you're awake to alive, another day to experience that, right? So from that perspective, without getting too far into it, you what you will realize is you start to look at everything as the glass half full. You've got a home, you've got potentially a family, you've got people that care about you, you've got books to read, you've got instruments to play potentially, you've got access to resources, you've got a job. It may not be the job you love, but you've got a job right so learning to come from that place of gratitude just because you breathe you're rich right you're prosperous because you're prospering because you've connected to breath you are alive so there's a massive rewiring in there which brings you home to hey like i actually have a very rich life and rich starts to become less of a destination but more of a quality that you experience to things it's like how rich is my current moment. Like how much can I actually savor in this particular interaction, right? So this was a rich moment. This was a rich interaction. You know, this book fed me deeply, fed me richly. That was a rich book for me, right? So it starts to become something that you connect to more qualitatively than quantitatively, if that makes sense. Um, So that is a rich life. Now, I know that I've gone into this massive spiritual context around what it means to, to live a rich life, and maybe that's where you wanted to go. But in the 3D, if you ask me to get really grounded and ask you answer your question from a really grounded place, for me, fundamentally, it's about the ability to choose, right? Having choice is really powerful. If I can choose how I spend my time, choose who I spend it with, choose where I get to spend it. To me, I'm living a rich life if I have the capacity to be able to do that. And there are times where I'm I have complete liberty and I can do that. And there are other times where I'm challenged and potentially I don't have that complete liberty. So that's what rich means to me from a really grounded place and also what I answered earlier from a really spiritual place. Hopefully that helps. Alrighty, next question is how did it all start? This is a great question and I'm actually going to take the time to answer this in full. Grab a cuppa, sit down, let's go. So 
When I first started the Inspired Evolution podcast, what was all going on for me? So I was in engineering, my wife was in dentistry, and actually it was a very interwoven journey between the two of us. I'd been working in engineering for quite some time and she'd been doing dentistry for a while. And that particular year, my wife had a bit of an existential crisis and I'm probably oversharing a little bit. Hopefully she doesn't mind me um, telling you what happened and how. But she, as a dentist, started to feel a little bit like there was had to be more to life than filling holes in people's teeth. She decided that she wanted to go on a sabbatical. Now, because I'm giving you the full version, I'm going to give you the full version, right? So at that time, she was like, hey, Amrit, like I think, you know, I, I want a bit of a break. And I was like, absolutely. If you feel like that, you've been working so hard for so long, you should totally do that. I really think you should take the time off to find yourself. Then after she went traveling, I also started to cascade into this, oh, I think I'm having an existential crisis too. Like, what is the point? Like, I'm in engineering, building high-rise towers, like literally just ripping out all these resources from the earth, sticking them into high-rise towers in the middle of the city so people can just conglomerate and live so densely. And in that year, um, I was really, really finding it very hard to get to work, if I'm honest with you. I started to feel like, and you've probably heard me say this on a couple of interviews, for those that are Matrix buffs, um, I remember feeling like I was in the matrix. I was a human battery that was just rocking up to work every day to plug myself in to and give all my energy to work and then literally go home. Now, when I share this from stage and I share this on podcasts, I don't think I'm any more special than anybody else to where the inspired evolution was birthed. This was where it had it all get started question. Um, I just say that, you know, because I worked from 6am to 6pm, six days of the week, instead of nine to five, five days, I put in the same amount of hours that most people put in before their midlife crisis um, earlier. And so I just sort of had that condensed form. And I'm actually super grateful for it now. I look back and I go, if it wasn't for how challenging and consistently I was just always at work that was, I was either at work or studying on my PhD, um, I had no semblance of a life and yet I'm connection, contribution and celebration oriented. I'm people oriented and I had very little time for people and I started to really lose myself. Um, that was a really, really, really tough time for me. And if it wasn't as tough as it was, there wouldn't have been as much friction and pain and pressure for me to have to shift. That was the first winter that I went through um, in a long time. So that winter in August, September was when the inspired evolution was birthed. And that was 2018. So that year prior to me facing a whole Melbourne winter, what we actually did, Kay and I used to travel to Europe every summer, every summer in the lead up, like good four or five years before that, we would double dip summers basically. And one of the videos you'll see on the Inspired Evolution channel, which was one of the first coaching insights I put out was living life in accordance with the seasons. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Summer is for expansion. Autumn's about fall and shedding. Winter's about consolidation, which can be very purifying. And then spring is about emergence. And then summer is about expansion again, right? So that, there's that breath that's inhale, exhale that you're living every year, right? And every year, Kay and I would double down on summer. Totally sun worshippers just rushing out to get double double time sun. Because Kay went traveling on her sabbatical, I didn't really travel. I just stayed at home, you know, did, did work and did bills and that sort of stuff. That was a really interesting time because I started to, and that's where the wisdom of actually learning to live with the cycles came through. Because I hadn't been through a winter in at least five years, and Melbourne winters are really dense because Melbourne also energetically sits kind of in a bowl. So a lot of the energy actually collects in this area. And winter, like there's already like collection and then you're consolidating so much energy. I like to think of like ice, like actually freezing. So going through that consolidation period, what I started to realize was as the energy of consolidation was, it was actually very purifying. Like I mentioned that friction of like, I was out of alignment, Saturn's return, all these things sort of coming in together. I was having what effectively was a quarter life crisis, just going, this isn't working. And as the ice was sort of, the cold was closing in, I was like, all the impurities were spitting out and I was feeling like I was in the matrix and all this energy of like, oh, I'm going to work, I'm not doing the things that I love. And man, this really sucks. To alleviate the pressure on that, one thing worth mentioning is when I was traveling with Kay, the last place I left her was Guatemala. And we were sitting New Year's Eve that, period, that time and we were sitting on a jetty in San Marcos overlooking um, this beautiful lake, Lake Atilan. And it's a pretty spiritual place. They say it potentially was once a volcano and it now is a lake. So it's got this transmutation from earth fire into water. And it's a beautiful place. We were sitting there that one night on New Year's Eve and we saw more shooting stars that one night than I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> and it was just one of those magical moments, magical place, touch wood. And I wasn't really one for New Year's resolutions, but that thing that I said at the beginning of the year, before that winter, that summer when we were traveling, I said to Kay, I was like, actually, I've got a New Year's resolution this year. And she's like, what? You normally scoff at that sort of stuff. And I was like, yeah, I know, but I've got one. And she's like, what is it? And I was like, I'm going to do more of what I love this year. And I realized that's what she was doing on her travels. You know, she was taking the time to explore what it was that she loved and what she got from life and living, right? And that was my intention that I came home with. One of the places that the inspired evolution was actually birthed was in this thing called mandala moments. What was mandala moments? So every fortnight, my home would open up on a Friday evening to my friends, my communities. A lot of the early podcasting guests that you saw for the first 12 months, 18 months, I would say. And even recently, like even till now, I was opening up my home every fortnight two people to come in to my home and we would shoot the shit on philosophy, spirituality, psychology, this sort of stuff and just have chats, just catch up with the community. And I really know that that's where Mandala Moments is where the inspired evolution was birthed from. Now, where was Mandala Moments birthed from? Thank you for <laughs> playing along. Because Kay was away on this travel, right? And I was sitting at home. I was sitting on my dining room table and I was watching this video of Tony Robbins as we do, right? And I was watching on my laptop and as I was watching this video, I was like, oh, boom! I had an aha moment and an insight. And I turned to the couch, which is normally where Kay is, but she wasn't there. She wasn't there in that moment. And I was like, oh, I've just had a moment. Like I just realized something, like something clicked. Like, I just had this epiphany and I turned to her and I was like, she wasn't there. And I was like, oh man, surely other people feel like this. Surely they've had like an idea and they've wanted to share their insight with someone, but there's no one there. Watching something 
and having epiphany and not having anybody to share it with, mandala and wanting to hang out with people and Kay being away and me being extrovert and not having people around to interact with. Also the realisation that I'm the average of the five people I spend my time with. I was super cognizant of this at the time. That was where my personal development journey was at. And yet I was spending all my time at work, right? That's that pain I was telling you guys about. And I was like, well, at least in the down in my downtime, I should be able to curate something, even if it's like 5% of my time or 2% of my time, at least I should be able to curate an experience where I'm hanging out with people that inspire me. I gave myself 15 minutes. I said, hey, you've got 15 minutes to create a Facebook group to then call it what you want and invite people around every fortnight to come around to your home to hang out and just see what happens. And I don't know, like that was just a moment of inspiration. I'm sure you have moments of inspiration in your life and I just took action on the inspiration. It was my first massive bit of inspired action, I would say. And I created the group and as I was going, it was all just tumbling out of me. I was like, okay, this is mandala moments. It's chai, chats and community. I just learned how to make chai. So I was like, people come over for chai. We're going to have chats. It's going to be build a community. I don't even know, like three C's, it sort of stuck. Alliteration was awesome and it was just boom. And I invited the first people. The first group was about 25 people that I knew. And then after that, it started to just quickly gain momentum to the point where consistently different like uh, range of people there was you know there's a hundred almost I think 125 people in the group and the community basically after a while started saying hey like there's this new platform called podcasting you should do it like you know there's a few there's a handful of people in the community and at the time I was listening to Tim Ferriss and I was like man that's like a lot of pressure Tim Ferriss is like the Oprah of podcasting <laughs> and I was like I'm not that good like there is no way and so I just I quickly shut it down and I kept shutting it down at that point a brother named Brian Rose, many of you will know him from London Real. Since me having worked with him, he's taken a bit of a curve and a turn. Um, but prior to that, like, you know, he was actually talking, he was actually doing a podcast and it was in its early growth days of London Real. Right now, London Real is a massive platform. And he was starting a course called Broadcast Yourself. And he wanted to run through a first cohort of people just to sort of see how to run the course. And I had seen this sort of like offer pop up, which was like, hey, I want, you know, it's almost like a beaded course. Like I'm offering this the first time. I want to see if there's a market and a need for this. And I remember waking up at 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. and opening up this email from London Real. And because I knew the email was there, I knew what it was about. And just punching in my credit card details and just going, there's, I think it was almost 10K Aussie at the time. There's just about 10K, let's go. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I had the visceral realization in my bones at the time that I was in my own way and that the community was saying something and this guy had appeared, Brian Rose, London Real. And there was a real opportunity for me to just get out of my way and allow these two things to just cinch up and the universal energy was kind of pushing me in that direction, but I was just like this resistance piece. And I kind of gave myself permission to get out of the way without really knowing that I was doing that. I was It was a moment of full surrender, but I showed up and I did it and it was an eight week course and yeah, that was the birth, really, of the inspired evolution. Funny how that all happens and all comes together. But I share that with you because there was that much propensity for change. There was like the consolidation of really the first winter in ages to really consolidate and purify what I was doing here on my time here on Earth. Um, also because we demonise winter and winter's actually an amazing time. And then and around that, what popped out as one of the purest things within me, touch wood, as an offering was the, was the Inspired Illusion podcast. And that came from Mandala Moments. And it came from me surrendering and getting out of my own way. Um, it came from a lot of friction and a lot of pain of realising that life wasn't the way that I wanted to live it. Um, and that I was inspired to evolve, to live life on my own terms, and hence Inspired Evolution.
Alrighty, next question is, what does one person need to do differently to make it all worth it? I think this is a mindset question. And what comes to mind for me in this particular moment to respond is, it's how you look at things ultimately is this conversation of whether it's worth it or whether it's not. And one of the biggest things that I've learned through this journey so far is that coming to realize that nothing is actually in the way. Because when you say is something worth it and you feel like, oh, that wasn't worth my time and energy and effort, right? I'll give you a very easy example. We're having this 10K chat right now. And one of my regrets, if you want to call it that, was not pivoting to YouTube as a YouTube offering earlier or even just starting as a YouTube channel rather than a podcast, right? Now, there's a whole variety of reasons for that because of the evergreen content conversation I had with you earlier. And yet, Part of me, and you know, how do I make sure that it's all worth it? It looks at it and goes, yes, but do, don't you know really deep down in your bone that's bones that everything is perfect? You know, there's that Steve Jobs quote that I lean into, which is, you know, Steve Jobs, he randomly did a calligraphy course while he was at university and didn't really understand why. I think he even just wasn't even meant to be there. It was gate crashing someone's lecture that was on calligraphy. And he was like, you know, what am I doing here learning about sans type sans? And he was meant to be in his own lecture and he wasn't there, I think. Um, if I recall the story correctly, but then you fast forward into the future and he's like creating this minimalistic iPhone, uh, sorry, I, iPod, <laughs> long before the iPhone, iPod that he's creating. And the only thing you can really see on this white slate background is black text, right? So how important is that black text? And he had sat in on that one calligraphy class that taught him about the importance of text and psychology, etc., etc. To the point where at his deathbed, he, he said something along the lines of, and I always butcher this quote, but the essence of it is, when you're living your life, it feels like a massive constellation of unparalleled, uncoordinated, uncorrelating things. You're literally, life is a constellation. When you look back at your life, you'll realize it was deadpan, one dead straight line. Yeah. And so when you feel like it's something worth it, you know, you look at it and go, oh, that was probably not worth my time, investment, energy. Oh, you know, or was it really worth starting a podcast when really, you know, what I really should have created is a YouTube channel from the outset. But the awareness of actually the podcast gave birth to the YouTube channel. If it wasn't for the podcast, we wouldn't be here on YouTube having this conversation. And many people are still tuning into this conversation on a podcast. So it's all part and parcel in it, right? But the key thing in there is realizing that everything that is actually happening to you is on the way, right? This constellation that feels like a mess and some things you feel may not even be worth it. Actually, all those bits inform your journey, your story. You know, we talk about this in entrepreneurship, but your unique selling point is always the entrepreneur's story as to why really they're doing what they're doing, right? What they're offering to the world. There's always that unique selling point. When you look at the four levels of consciousness, life at level one is happening to you, right? Um, life at level two is happening by you, but life at level three is happening for you. And how do you ensure that it's all worth it? You look back at it from that level three consciousness and say, hey, everything that's been on my path has informed me to this point where I am right now. I actually wouldn't have done anything any differently. Hope that helps. Okay, next question. <laughs> Again, from Anonymous. But... Uh, They've used the word beast. <laughs> Having seen you develop this beast from the ground up, I'm curious which of your attributes were most relevant 
in the successful growth. Okay, there's a few bits to that. As I answered earlier, I think consistency is one of the key things. So when I graduated university, I graduated first at RMIT um, in my year, Touchwood, and I don't say that to brag. I say that because when I got awarded that award, they asked me why I was the one deserving of that award, and I said, actually, I would use it to inspire others. And if you know a little bit about my story, I struggled with depression for six years to the point where actually I had to leave university at one point so that when I actually got healed and realigned and got aligned to my values and actually started living um, healed and healthy and the power of how much of an impact your mind has on you. The guy that had to leave university ended up when he finally came back to university finishing first, not just in his degree, not just in his class of degrees. It wasn't just structural engineering, wasn't even just engineering. It was like against all degrees, this guy came first. They asked me why I should get it and I said it would be a testament to my story of what's possible with you know positive mental health versus negative mental health. And so I share that with you to say that. And one of my hacks, for those that are tuning in, I haven't shared this with too many people, so here we go. I used to do two tutes. So I would go to one lecture and everybody would go to one lecture or one tutorial a week for that subject, right? Now I would go to the one lecture, but I would go to twice as many tutorials and then lectures. Now, when you first sign up at the beginning of the semester, you actually get, you can actually have a look um, what the different options for the tutorials are. And I would definitely book into one, but you can't actually book into two, but I would sneak my way into another one. And so the first tutorial, everyone around me was the same. We were just jotting down the answers from like they, because you go to the lecture, you're meant to get the question set in engineering and then you come home and you do the work and you go to tutorial, you ask your questions about how to do the answers. No one did their homework. So they just went to the tutorial, crammed in the answers and then went back and never really learned anything. So what I would do is go along to the lecture, go along to the tutorial, cram in the answer, then go back and actually look at the answer and how they got it and then went, oh, actually that didn't make sense, that didn't make sense, that didn't make sense, I've got three questions now. I would go along to the second shoot and actually not be frantically rushing and jotting anything down. I'd just sit there and go, hey, these are my questions, can you please answer them? And they would answer them and I would actually learn through question and answer. So it was like a really profound but simple hack, right? It was like just show up twice as much and consistently just keep showing up, right? And you could argue that was the first the first time I had to leave university was because I just could not show up. Poor mental health, whatever you want to call it, I didn't show up at all, right? So it was almost like I need to do the opposite of what I did the first time around to succeed. The thing that I installed was just consistently showing up twice as much as everybody else. And touch wood, that hard work pays off. So with the Inspired Evolution podcast, one of the key fundamental tenets is consistency. You've heard me say about it before. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but absolutely every week for the last almost six years, I have done a podcast and uploaded it online. And this is what you finally see of it. Because when people go on the content creation journey or like, you know, I'm going to become somebody doing something journey or like I'm going to offer myself as a coach and they give themselves like six months to see how coaching goes and they're like, this doesn't work, I'm out. And it's like, what is your current career? And they're like, lawyer. And it's like, how long have you spent being a lawyer? And it's like, well, you know, 12 years. And it's like, and you've just changed to coaching and you've given it six months to see whether it's a success. How long before you actually felt like you were a decent lawyer in lawyering? And they're like five to six years. That's like, so why wouldn't you wait five to six years in coaching to realize whether you're a good coach or not? You've just sort of shot it before it even got off the ground. So that to say, I have still not taking stock of what's happening at the Inspired Evolution. Am I not aware of revenue, profit, income, da-da-da-da-da-da, all those sort of things? Absolutely, I am. But I don't measure success and I refuse to until I get to the 10-year mark. When I'm 10 years in, I'm going to sit back, get a massive journal and just journal the crap out of it and go, what have I learned? Where has this gone? 
like, is this successful or is it not? I'll be honest with you. A lot of the goals I set for the 10 year journey, we smashed within three years, right? Like absolutely smashed them. And then my challenge became, how do I continually touch wood to dream bigger? Because when you're aligned, the universe actually gets so much stuff out of your way when you're doing things in alignment to your values and your passion and your purpose which is the whole reason why I coach around the Inspired Evolution because I just, I'm so inspired by what's possible when you're aligned to your values. So in there, the heart of that is show up and don't like, don't take stock until you feel like you've given it like all you've got. I feel like 10 years, I can give myself to this thing to just sort of see how it goes. And then at 10 years, I will stop and reflect on how this has gone. My values consistently show up, right? The key thing in there is like, I'm connection, my value, my value contribution, my value celebration. For those that follow the Inspired Evolution, many of you are part of the community, you've listened to this episode this long and me talking to the, one of the questions was super long as well. Um, so you know what values are and how important they are and you probably know your values. For those that don't know, inspiredevolution.com forward slash values. There's an exercise there. 20 minutes from now, you will be super clear on your core values. Minds are connection, contribution, celebration, these three things. And so now that I know that I'm connecting, contributing and celebrating, and that's the whole reason I was put here on the earth, I look at podcasting like, do I get to connect to amazing people all over the world and an audience such as yourself? There's 10,000 of you out there that I'm talking to right now. And there are incredible guests that I've had over the last 300 odd episodes, right? 300 plus episodes. And that's been an amazing like vehicle for connect. Like, Jesus, what? So much connection, right? Just brimming with connection. Contribution, like obviously, you know, there's been some of you that have gotten a lot out of this, even that story I shared with you earlier, right? So I'm contributing, absolutely. So this is totally something I should be doing. And celebration. This video is 10,000 subs. There's a celebration in here, but also fundamentally each piece of content at its heart has that, I want people to live life richer, more fully. Live a life you love. There's a celebration in there. Life is a celebration. Life is an opportunity. It is sacred. You potentially only have one shot. Come on, y'all. Like, let's make the most of it. Yeah, that's the vibe at the Inspired Evolution. That's what you get. You can argue that, you know, Amrit Touchwood, one of your unfair advantages is you know, you love to talk and potentially, yeah, you can call that as like a business advantage. Like I love to talk, but really what it is, it's aligned to my values, connection, contribution, celebration. So whatever you choose to do, make sure it's aligned to your values. If I had to answer one little bit more to that question would be, I am so grateful that the thing is called inspired evolution that I do. It gave me permission to get out of my own way. Inspired Evolution gave me permission to be messy when I started and I'm still messy today. I know I'm going to look back at this 10,000 sub video when potentially we're at a million subs and go, man, I'm what? <laughs> you know, I look back at my, with, with lots of love, but like still just sort of an opportunity to pat myself on the back for how far I come. I look back at the first ever episode that I did with Natalie on the Inspired Evolution podcast with Natalie right there. She's there paying homage, right? First ever episode was with Nat. And uh, yeah. You know, there's, um, I look back and I was like, man, I like took me 20 minutes to ask a question <laughs> and I can look at that and just say, wow, like how far have I come? You know, and that's homage back to the point where getting addicted to the process rather than the outcome is one of the biggest, biggest, biggest takeaways. So I think those are the fundamental care tenants to what you see around here that I believe have contributed to the success of the Inspired Evolution. Boom! So that wraps it up for Ask Me Anything. And if we didn't get around to your question, I am seriously, I wish I wish there was more time to get into them. Got to try and honor the vibe of what we've created. This has already been an extra long episode. Thank you so much for tuning in all the way to the end. And if you have tuned it in all the way to this point, I have to say, like, I my heart is just 
It's full of gratitude for absolutely everybody, but also those of you that consistently listen all the way to the end because you are 100% my tribe, my vibe. Like you've actually made the effort to listen to everything. Like I just shared the whole story of how the Inspired Official started. I think it takes 20 minutes to listen to that. And you were interested enough in humble old me to listen to that for 20 minutes. And I don't want to just take that for granted. So one of the things now that we're at 10,000 subs and, you know, this is a moment in time and potentially this is the first time I'm creating actually a community video I just want to sort of reach out and actually start a conversation right so there are plenty of you in the community that get a lot out of these episodes and I'd love to learn more about you I just want to get to know you and so potentially there's an inner circle out there of you guys um, and I would just like to extend the opportunity for hey let's touch base on a call 30 minute chat just for you and I to hang out I'm going to put a zoom calendar link to book into a zoom and have a conversation with me first come first serve it'll be the first 20 of you that book in um so act fast in who knows maybe you're listening to this months down the track and no one took action because they thought everybody had else had filled it up so if you're feeling called and inspired to have a chat with humble old me please do um take the take the link and yeah have a chat with myself um i'd love to just touch base with the community and just get to know you specifically and just closely and better but let's chat let's hang out for 30 minutes i'd love to get to know you better um link in the description on youtube or wherever you're consuming your podcast in the show notes below i really appreciate you guys always tuning in checking out the episodes and honestly the comments you guys leave as well continues to fan the flame of the inspired evolution that keeps the passion burning just so 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 strong it is as always my greatest honor to be your brother walking home by your side on this inspired evolution together thank you so much for tuning in always remember that you're enough you are amazing i appreciate you so much stay inspired keep evolving imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.